0: Christmas faces us with one of the most fundamental truths of the Christian faith. The Messiah Jesus, God's Son, God with us, was conceived in the womb of a virgin without the seed contributions of a human father. At this Christmas season, our Truth Encounter study leader Dave Wurtson asks you to consider what do you believe about God's direct involvement in history Life. And what do you believe about the reality of a virgin-born baby at the heart of the Christmas story? Christmas, is it a miracle or is it a lie? I want you to know that with the children that are sitting among us, uh, Christmas time is an incredible time. It's a time of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's uh, We watch the Muppets Christmas with Uh, Michael Caine, this marvelous British actor interacting with all the Muppets and telling Dickens' old story, The Christmas Carol, in a very creative way. That's all part of Christmas, and I want you to enjoy that. But I want every one of you, especially you dads, as you take the leadership in your family, I want you to understand... That when we talk about Christmas, that we're not talking just about great stories like Dickens made up when he sat down and penned the Christmas Carol. We're not just talking about uh, Santa with his red suit because a guy in Madison Avenue about 80, 90 years ago back in the territory I, where I was raised, said, man, we need to get a really sharp symbol here that will get people to go out to stores and buy things. And so they really fuel the Santa Claus story and all the reindeer and the sleigh and all that. I want you to enjoy all that, but I want to understand that the heartbeat for us at Christmas is that around 4 or 5 B.C., a miracle happened. To go out among people, you're going to come in touch with a ton of people that will say that the physical world just operates. There's a material world and it, it happens and it's the way things are, electrons and protons and neutrons and quarks and mesons, they all kind of collide, but things happen. Suppose if I was a medical doctor, life is life and there's processes that you follow and that's all there is to it. And it's just about material things. I mean, that's a very dominant view. It's called the modern view. A lot of you don't even realize where it started from, and I want to explain it a little bit to you. In the 1600s, Sir Isaac Newton was a born-again believer. He knew Jesus in a personal way, but Isaac Newton wrote out some equations that described classical physics. And Isaac Newton, as he traced out the hand of the Creator, because he was made in the image of God, and he, he was a real committed believer. He even wrote commentaries on the Bible and everything else. But as men saw the power of what Newton could explain in the 1700s, it built and built and built, and man enshrined reason, your ability to think it out, to look in a test tube, figure out what's going on in that test tube, and your reason, your mind, can figure it all out. We call that in philosophy the Enlightenment. And what the Enlightenment was about is that your reason can turn on the lights about all that's around you. In the 1700s and then into the 1800s, man began to believe that there's a big separation. There's the physical world. That's the world of reality. There's this other world called the world of the spirit. And the two don't connect. In other words, for the last 150 years in theology, there's been a very powerful debate about whether or not miracles can happen or not. And what created the power of that debate is, you see, if you believe that there's a God that can come from the supernatural, invisible, immaterial world, and he invades this material world, he messes everything up. Because he enters into these physical processes and he screws it all up because that's just not the way things are supposed to be. So miracles couldn't happen because... Things in the material world happen in the real world the way they're supposed to be. And then in the make-believe world, which we quickly move to that, the make-believe world of the spirit, you can believe what you want to, but never shall the twain meet. That's the modern view. And it's dominated our culture since the early 1800s. For 200 years, it's really dominated things. And I want you to know that it's still very strong. I also want some of you that are sitting there, maybe you're drinking from that world. In other words, if I ask you, what do you really believe about Christmas? You know what Christmas is about? In 4 or 5 BC, a virgin Jewish girl, about 13, 14 years of age, had an angel appear to her. Yeah, I believe God has no trouble interfacing from the spiritual world to the physical world. An angel came to this girl and said, you're going to give birth to a child. She said, how can this ever be? I've never had intercourse with a man. He said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And that which is born you shall be called the Holy One of God. And he will become the King of kings and he will be the Lord of lords and he will be Emmanuel, God with us. I believe that a, an angel, you know, a messenger came to Joseph and Joseph, when he found out his fiance was pregnant, had a bird, was really uptight. You can imagine how some of you guys would feel. And he was thinking about because he loved her, he'd put her away privately. He began to think, I'm going to have to do that because I don't want to hurt her. And an angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be afraid. You're not going to be able to understand this until you come home to me, but what's conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because she hasn't done anything immoral, but something incredibly sacred has happened to her. And I want you to name the little baby that's going to be born in her womb and shaped and molded in her womb. I want you to call his name Jesus because he's going to save his people From their sins in other words this precious little gift is going to be the answer to our biggest problem that's ever happened and I want you to know from the depths of my heart that I believe if you went back in time like if you went back to the future and you actually went back to 4 or 5 BC at the clothing days of Herod the Great's life if you were up in Nazareth you could actually meet a virgin girl that was now pregnant I believe that with all my heart how about you I also believe that you could actually talk to a very forlorn and scared fiancé, Joseph. I think you could actually see a woman eventually end up down in Bethlehem and you could go with the shepherds and there would be a real live, honest-to-goodness baby. And that baby is incredibly wonderful. That is a repudiation of what we call the modern view. You see, I just share with you that I believe that God has no trouble, that the living God of the universe has no trouble at all interfacing with the material world he has no trouble invading it has no trouble doing his thing I don't want to get ahead of myself but I I want you to know that if you're still in the modern view you're a little bit behind the times because that idea that man's reason and man's ability to observe all things can produce absolute truth has gone out the window Philosophers have attacked it very strongly. Scholars like Jacques Derrida from France have shown that the scientists that thought they were all objective weren't objective at all, that that their reason is very much presuppositional, that they are influenced very much by their culture, by their environment, and every one of you can't escape that. I also want you to know that in openness to the spiritual world, not necessarily the biblical truth of the spiritual world, but an openness of the spiritual world is very much back in vogue. I had an illustration of that even on Tuesday when I lectured at Dallas Seminary. Like, I'm going to talk to you today about what do you believe about the virgin birth. And I'm going to try to show you that there's some really strong evidence that God, the supernatural God, really does interface with everyday life. But I was talking, and there were, there were three African-American pastors in my class And the African-American, as we were talking about this kind of a thing, they said, you know, we want you to know, David, when we preach to our congregations on Sunday, that's not the issue at all. I don't have to prove them at all about God acting in everyday life and God miraculously moving, because all of them have experienced it over and over. It happens almost every week. They they wouldn't exist. Many of my brothers and sisters, as we meet together in our congregations, they made it through the week because God answered prayer and, and because God did things. And the truth of the matter is, I think that's true for many of you. But I think it's always very important for us to think back to why we're at where we are, what's happening in our culture. And I want to share with you what a lot of you are going to be exposed to the next few days and the next few weeks is the idea. It's fine for you to believe in the virgin birth. Just don't bring it out into the public marketplace. Just keep it in church. Don't let it really change the way you do business. Don't let it really change the what you do. And don't tell it out there Monday through Saturday. Now, I want to share with you where that came from. You see, in the 1800s, at about 1835, there was, a, there was a theologian, a pastor, teacher in Germany named Friedrich Schleiermacher. What a name. And he decided that we couldn't believe in the virgin birth anymore because God can't do that. God doesn't work like that. It, it's got to be normal processes. So Jesus was really born like any other child was born. He had an earthly daddy, an earthly mom, but the church created this story. It's a myth. It's, it's a fairy tale. And the power still remains. Just like the power of the Dickens Christmas Carol. It doesn't make any difference whether you know, there really was a Scrooge. There's great power in the story. The same thing is true. So Friedrich Schleiermacher preached to his congregation about the Christmas story. And he preached it hard. He just didn't believe it really happened. David Strauss wrote a book called The Life of Christ. And in the life of Christ, he described how Jesus had just a normal birth. And the early church created this myth, this fairy tale, in order to explain the wondrous wonder of Jesus. Some of you have been raised in churches where that's the bottom line. In other words, it sounds pretty much to what I'm teaching this morning. But some of you have been raised in churches where if I asked your pastor just straight on, what do you think really happened 2,000 years ago? Some would say, well, to be with you, the virgin birth is a little bit embarrassing. And a God that stepped into human history like that, that's a little bit embarrassing. What I want you to know from the depths of my heart is, I believe that it's not embarrassing at all. I think it's the gift of life. I think it's the only hope that you got. And you need to ask yourself what you really believe. You need to stop running away. It's part of reality. And you need to ask yourself, what's going to sustain you? And what I want to begin with, is I want to begin today, I want to demolish at this Christmas season the idea that the living God of the universe doesn't invade human history, the physical universe. Most of all, I want to challenge the idea that he doesn't invade your life. Because I want to get across to you what I really believe the Bible teaches. I believe that God has no trouble invading human life, and he doesn't have to invade human life. You know why? Because every one of you is sitting out there today because of God. God doesn't have to come from anywhere. He doesn't have to suddenly invade. Every one of you is being sustained right at this second because of the miracle of God's grace to you. And it just so happened in the virgin birth that God chose you to a wonder. And I want to begin probably a, a very weird place, but I want to begin with your own birth. As I talked to you about the power of the virgin birth, I want you to turn to Psalm 139 some of you that wonder whether God's at work in life. Some of you might think that God's really far away. I want every one of you to realize every one of you is a miracle. Psalm 139 talks about that miracle And one of the things that the modern view does is it takes away the awe. It takes away the reverence. I want some of you to go ahead and become great biologists. And I want you to learn all about embryology. And I want you to learn all about the wonder of what God is doing. And I'm going to talk to you about that this morning. But rather than that taking you away from God, away from his son Jesus, away from the Holy Spirit, it should drive you to your knees to worship them. You say, Dave, what are you talking about? Look at Psalm 139. King David says in verse 13, For you created my inmost being. David's saying that your inmost being, your personality, your whole inner structure of your life, your body, God formed it for you. Your inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Incredible way to talk about It's a very accurate way to talk about the way that an embryo is formed. He knit you together in your mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at that in verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. Do you, can you say that today? I want every one of you to stop and think. Every one of you are fearfully. That means that when I look at you, I'm filled with a sense of awe. You're awesome. You say, what do you mean by that? It's incredible that you're here. It's incredible the way you came into the world. I'm going to show you that in just a minute. You are wonderfully made. So that if any of you are wondering, I'm just a piece of trash, if you're buying the modern scientific view that you're just an accident, that you're no different from a guppy, I want you you know that's a lie? You are wonderfully, fearfully awesome creations of God. That's what David understood. And that's where the modern scientific view will bankrupt you, and it's just not true. David goes on and describes a little bit the one that says my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in this secret place he describes the woman's womb as being like a, a secret chamber and in Paul in, in David's day a thousand years before Christ it was very secret Because because doctors and scientists hadn't penetrated the secret womb of of a mother. So this was like a secret chamber. Uh, David describes it as being like a very deep hole in the earth. He says, in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. David knew that God saw the way that a little baby was conceived and the way it grew and the way it came to the world. But in his day, he didn't get to see it. It was like a dark place, a hidden place. But he's still connected with the truth. God has done an incredible miracle. In fact, he said, Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, rather than some of you say, well, man, when I get going in biology, when I get going in science, in fact, what Schleiermacher said is like, you know, we can't believe in God in a world where we've got Newtonian physics and we're getting the equation, we're figuring things out. And some modern people have said, how can you believe in the virgin birth in a world when we we fly in steel tubes that go the speed of light and everything? I have no problem at all with that. I'm going to show you why. Because in Time Magazine, November 11th, just a few weeks ago, Alexander Sierras... From his book, From Birth to Concept, From Conception to Birth, gave us some of the most detailed pictures that have ever been given about the development of a little child. I'm going to show you how every one of you came into the world, and you might doubt whether you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, I want you to look at the miracle that your heavenly daddy does in every one of your life. It's why you're here today. It begins right here. That's your beginning. A woman and a husband in marriage, I want every one of you to realize that God in the scripture has no trouble talking about intercourse. There's a whole book called The Song of Solomon to talk about the celebration of marital love. You need to understand that it's not Satan's thing, it's God's thing. What happened in sexual intercourse is one woman's egg is, has 300 million guys come after her. It takes 300 million sperm. It used to be, the scientists used to tell us it was 200 million. The latest research is 300 million sperm to impregnate one of a woman's eggs. And I've often heard it joking, that's because none of the men would ask for directions. <laughs> and here you, have an actually, here you have an actual picture of that conception. Now here we have one week later when the egg and the ovium unite, the cells begin to divide, you have a little zygote that's created, and there you have an actual picture of a growing little baby. That little microscopic, this is really microscopic, that's an actual picture of that little bundle implanting itself in the walls of a, of a precious mom's uterus. And that's happening. in all of you moms in the audience. And miraculously, David's telling us that God is weaving this together He's guiding this process. There's 23 days. Only 23 days into the process. Looks kind of like a guppy. But you notice that bright, shiny light down like kind of the back of the little developing embryo? That's your nervous system. It's just begun to form. It's what's one of the most incredible realities of every one of your life, what enabled you eventually to throw footballs and catch them and enabled you to swim, enabled you to, to think, to enabled you to even listen to what I'm talking about today. There it is. God, the incredible divine creator, is working in the hidden place and this precious human neurological system is going to develop. That's only 23 days into the process. Here we have 32 days into the process. The heart has formed it's a four chamber a good obstetrician can look at that and make sure your heart's developing right we have the beginning structures of the human mind you see right there you see the little arms and legs they kind of look like the paddles on an ancient warship in rome uh, that's your little arms and legs developing this is only 32 days in the process there you go. you're developing a little bit more what do you look like there you kind of look like uh who knows what you don't look much different than a pig at that point This is 42 days into the process. This diagram is incredible. I'll take off my glasses so I can see. You notice at the very top of it, we have the hindbrain that's developing. You have the midbrain and the forebrain. It's all present 42 days in. You can see at 54 days, they go into even greater structures. The brain, you have the heart forming here. This is only 54 days. And I want to just stop right here. I want every one of you girls to realize, if you ever get pregnant, they want you to get from conception to birth and I want you to get that book, and I want you to look at what's happening inside of you, and I want you to remember Psalm 139. Why don't we believe in abortion? Why don't we believe that it's enslaving to you, or it's taking away from your femininity to not give you the right of choice? Even the idea of pro-choice is a horrible deception. Look at these diagrams. I want you to see the wonder of what, what God is doing in your womb. This is why you don't just take the life. It's not just a piece of tissue. A nurse came up to me after the first section. This little baby's blood never intermingles with its mom. There's just an incredible distinction between this little person, this little man or woman that's developing. And every one of you were right back there. If David, a thousand years before Christ, was saying, God, you're wonderful, what an incredible process... And the womb with the secret chamber. You are now looking at the handiwork of God in the secret chamber of the human heart. So, ladies and men, don't buy in to the materialistic view that says this is just a piece of flesh. That this is just an it. Watch your terminology. Call it a little baby from the moment of conception. Don't change your language call it a baby, and and these slides are just incredible at causing you to see the wonder of it all. Your heart, your, your lungs are beginning to form, the vertebra, you can see the vertebra, which is the wonder of our skeletal system. 84 days, you can see the little guy is right there. See its head getting positioned there? You can see the umbilical cord coming in. See its little legs there, its little feet? This is only 84 days into the process. Things begin to really accelerate here as we move towards the great entrance into the world. At seven months, look at the little toes. The little toenails are already formed. Incredible that you're going to be able to run and you're going to be able to play sports and be able to walk. And here we are at eight months, really formed. The next month's going to be spent getting strong nutrients and getting bigger and getting stronger. And then at nine months, we get all ready, get our head turned, In fact, uh, it's very important to get rotated exactly right. And there you have an actual birth. That's the actual birth of a child into the world. Isn't that wondrous? Every one of you is a one in 300 million person. Man, I wish you would have known that. Julius Irving spoke to a bunch of teenagers one day, and he said, you know what? I'm a one in 200 million basketball player, one in millions of millions of basketball players. And he was right. And he was trying to get across. But I remember sitting there going, man, well, I'm not worth much. I wish I could have stood up and said, well, I'm one in 300 million. I'm awesome. Fearfully me. What I want to get across to you, brothers and sisters, from this is what Psalm 139 is telling us, is that every one of you have come because of a miracle. You are in the world because of a miracle. Every one of you have the work of God. It wasn't just when Jesus was born. But God is at work. You see, Paul says that in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. That we are the offspring of God. The old modern view that locked God out of your everyday life, that locked God out of your business life, that locked God out of normal physical life is just plain wrong. And I want you to rejoice in that. Your Heavenly Father was weaving you together and now that you're living your life, He's guiding the process. And some of you say, well, Dave, what about when it all goes haywire? What about when it all goes wrong? What about when something goes wrong in the process and a little baby is stillborn? You say, does that mean God's in there? Well, don't blame that on God. What we're finding out then is that is the conflict starts even in the womb. You live in a world where there's been a great rebellion. Romans 8 tell us that there's a curse of sin. And that curse of sin can attack. I saw it at the end of the line as Mary's leaning over her dad. Her dad is down to probably 100 pounds gasping for breath any second his physical life can be his jaw drawn it's ugly and god doesn't do that god's in control ultimately god is writing this story ultimately but the bible says that this wrestling with evil this wrestling with the curse this wrestling with this rebellion it's real it's not a pretend fight You're going to have to decide which side. you. If you're going to be materialist, you say, well, there's no real fight. What's the difference between a baby that's stillborn and one that lives? What's the difference between between, you know, it's all just nothing anyway. And you know that's not true. You see, what Christmas is about is that there's this incredible, loving Heavenly Father that's involved in every detail of your life. He's the only one that can ultimately make things right. This is the wonder of your physical birth. One of the things I want you to see, that if you transport me back to the time of David Strauss and Schleiermarker, and you say, this is what really happens, I'd probably tell you you're nuts. Could never be, and yet you would know in your heart, hey, these are real pictures. This is the real thing. This really is what happens. It's pretty wonderful. It's awesome. I believe the same God that makes babies like you, what's the big deal... When for thousands of years he promises, I'm going to send my own son. Only this time I'm not going to use a daddy. I'm not going to rely upon 300 million sperm with one little ovium. In fact, there's even going to be a great mystery about what I'm doing. And the only way I'll describe it to a pregnant little virgin girl is, is that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her. And she will conceive, and what will be born in her will be the Holy One of God. That's about as close as we get We don't argue about chromosomes and all that kind of thing. The Bible doesn't go into the mystery of how God did it. You can ask Jesus when you're face to face with him. But I want you to know that there was a precious little body, just like you were formed. There's a precious little body that eventually became the baby of Bethlehem. And it really, really happened.